Well, Jeep may be recalling over a million vehicles. Is yours on the list? And do you use the auxiliary jack in your Jeep? If so, we'll have some advice you won't want to miss. Don't forget to share the Jeep Talk Show with your friends. Just tell them to go to jeeptalkshow.com. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. It doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never drove anything but Jeeps, this show's for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform you and entertain you while we talk about Renegades going up a steep hill. Well, maybe later. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Josh, and I still would like to know why Tony is the only one in the four-headed image of us in the newsletter that isn't smiling and looks hungry. Very hungry. Very hungry for some reason. I, I just don't yeah. Know. My family Inquiring gets, minds. My family gets very nervous when I walk in the kitchen and say, "I need meat." <laughs> and howdy, it's Wendy, and you're not going to take that new renegade up that hill, are you? Oh, you're such a copycat. I just mentioned that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Tony, and you don't know patience until you spent hours installing one bolt. And one nut. And yes, they two, two of them went together. It wasn't separate issues. Ooh. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by cross-threading. Have you ever spent four <laughs> hours trying to thread a bolt? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tony. He didn't, he didn't cross-thread. I was so damn happy. Couldn't, couldn't help myself. <laughs> Well, there could be a major Jeep engine recall coming here in the very soon uh, near future. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles is preparing for a possible recall over an emissions issue affecting about 1 million vehicles, including Jeeps equipped with its 2.4 liter Tiger Shark engine. Excess tailpipe pollution was uh, released during testing on the vehicles, but according to the company, that's not connected to claims in various lawsuits that the gasoline-powered engines burn excessive amounts of oil. It's not known how soon the recall could happen or exactly what the fix will be or if it will even address the oil issue. Those oil consumption complaints have led to class action lawsuits against FCA in both California and Michigan. FCA, through its spokesman, said it doesn't discuss ongoing litigation, but that if customers have any concerns, they can contact their dealers. The extent of pollution from the Tiger Shark emissions was not clear in the reports that are out right now, other than there was just an excess of it. FCA says it has been in contact with the EPA and the California Air Resources Board, or CARB, about the situation and has been working closely with them over this issue. As the population of FCA and Jeep vehicles with these Tiger Shark engines ages, some vehicles exceed in-use emissions requirements depending on drive cycle and mileage. But, you know, isn't that normal? As you get older, you start to expel a little more out the tailpipe, don't you? Anyway, uh, (laughs) FCA is conducting test programs to define a remedy, which also requires approval by the aforementioned agencies. Affected customers will be advised when the service becomes available and any repairs will be provided free of charge. This is not a safety issue. I want to let everybody know about that. And there are no enforcement actions at this time. This is just something that is likely on the horizon. So this isn't one of those deals like VW did where they were actually getting better performance out of the engine and they got caught uh, getting around the emission okay. standards. So there was a couple of mentions and and a um, 
uh, a sort of a reference to Dieselgate, and that's what kind of what people are calling the <laughs> yeah. whole Volkswagen issue. Now, um, FCA kind of had uh, some similar in implications, uh, but it wasn't like the Volkswagen thing, and this isn't that either. Uh. This is just a sort of a vehicle after a certain period of time and age and mileage starts to get uh, pretty sloppy with its emissions contro controls, and that's not supposed to happen. Even a 20-year-old car with, you know, certain exceptions, is going to be able to, you know, maintain certain emission standards. You know, may, it might require a new catalytic converter or, you know, a new O2 sensor or something like that. But these aren't that old and they oh, are performing true. worse. Right. So we're trying to figure out why, trying to figure out, you know, what the fix is going to be and, and what's going to come of this. All the while, there's all this whole oil consumption thing going on. Is that part of this? Is it not? Does it have anything to do with it? Is it related? Right now, they're saying there's no connection, but you know, I, who knows? So, yeah, that's where they're at with that. I also kind of well, I was I was hopeful because I could see that there may be a million on the recall, but if the engine performs better uh, without this uh, fix, that you'd probably not really have nine hundred ninety nine thousand uh, nine hundred ninety nine showing up. Also, too, I wonder if the, the timing of this has to do with uh, Shark Week on, uh, what is it, because <laughs> <laughs> of the Tiger Shark engine, you know, I, yeah, the, no, you're I trying kinda, to get in there. I wondered that myself. Trying actually. to slide <laughs> it in there to, to ride on the coattails, you know, of the uh, of Shark We're Week. We're just going to hide the fact that the, uh, the Tiger Shark. Is, is is having these issues because uh, we have Shark Week going on, which is going to completely <laughs> eclipse any of this. So, yeah, that's funny. Well, there are two new Gladiators on the horizon. Jeep's decision to take the Wrangler and create the Gladiator out of it has proven to be a resounding award-winning success. In fact, the Jeep Gladiator has won more awards than you are probably aware of. From best-in-class towing and payload to winning multiple Best Pickup of the Year awards, the Gladiator is not a failing Jeep line in the least little bit. The one slight disappointment may be the pickup truck's trim options, or at least lack thereof. The Gladiator began with a pared-down lineup of four trims. The Wrangler, by comparison, currently has 13 different variants. Since it launched, Jeep has been uh, fleshing out the choices in the Gladiator lineup with the desert-rated Mojave version and the North Edition. Now, according to a leaked dealer bulletin, two more trims may be incoming. The dealer bulletin outlines some very specifics behind what are clearly two new Gladiator trim levels, the Willys Edition and the 80th Anniversary Edition. The 80th Anniversary Edition Jeeps we've already speculated on, now at least we're getting some confirmation about the new trim packages. Both are going to be based on the base Gladiator Sport and come in at the lower end of the truck's price spectrum. The Willys Edition is similar to the same trim on the Wrangler where it features 17-inch black wheels, a blacked-out grille, and black detailing. It also offers some off-roading improvements including a track lock limited slip rear differential, Rubicon rock rails, and mud terrain tires. It will reportedly retail for around 39,000 MSRP with a technology and convenience package and just over 35k without. The 80th Anniversary Edition, unique to the Gladiator line alone, is reportedly more of a style and tech package. It includes 18-inch wheels, body color fender flares, all-terrain tires, and neutral gray exterior accents all around the vehicle. It also adds the premium audio package and remote start options that are definitely way cool. The trim will reportedly start at just over 41,000 MSRP. Adding more lower trim levels, or more trims to the lineup rather, makes sense for Jeep, actually. The Gladiator has done exceptionally well with affluent buyers who are going to blow out 60 grand in builds, but we've seen Jeep offering discounts on the base models too. The base price of 33545 leaves the Gladiator Sport competing head-to-head -head with upper trim level TRD off-road limited and pro trims of the Tacoma, for example, making it a less appealing proposition. 
These new trims may effectively be reasonable builds of the Gladiator Sport, but making them into separate trims makes it feel more of a premium to buyers. This may help Jeep sell cheaper Gladiators, which they need to do if they want to compete with the Tacoma, not to mention the Ford Ranger and the Chevy Colorado, on sales volumes over the run of the next model year. So, what do you guys think? Will the Gladiator see the same kind of sales numbers that the Ranger or Tacoma has seen historically? You're asking me, I think it might, because I see them everywhere, especially out here. It's crazy how many there are. There are a lot out here as well. I, it might be just a West Coast sort of thing. I, I don't Maybe. know. I've heard others say that that they don't hear. Um, I mean, they don't they don't see a lot of them out out where they're at. And and I was like, really? You know, God, these things are everywhere. Now that being said, you know, Tacoma's been around for a long time, as has the Ranger, of course. Um, the Colorado, maybe not quite as much, but the, the the Ranger and the Tacoma are lines that have been selling for decades. There's just, there's millions of them out on the road, and so they've got some history. They've got some reputation and stuff. Gladiator is a new kid on the block, and so it's going to take a little bit of time, I think, before the reputation builds, and we're going to see a lot more of them on the road. I, uh, I personally don't like two things about the Gladiator. Number one is well, the, who asked is the price. <laughs> And the, the second one is the number of doors. I, I would be very much more interested in a two-door. I actually, I, I have no interest in a four-door, so the only one I would be interested in is, would be a two-door, uh, which I've mentioned before I think is coming. So will I buy one? Probably not, because I think, number one, uh, <laughs> especially because of all these awards, the price isn't going to be coming down anytime soon. Uh, but I, I wonder if uh, the, uh, the 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 word not to be mentioned on a Jeep talk show is uh, I wonder if the Bronco is going to make these prices more reasonable. I really don't see that in direct competition, at least with the Gladiator. Obviously, with no the, Jeep with the, as a whole. This, well, this as a whole, of. sure. You know, as we're, if we're going brand for brand, then then yeah, I, I could definitely see something like that happening. Uh, I think a lot of this is just going to require some water under the bridge. It's going to require, you know, a couple few sales uh, years. It's going to require possibly even another redesign, which might be, uh, you know, several years down the road. Typically with Jeep, it's about on a 10-year cycle, 7 to 10-year cycle. But uh, um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I think the Gladiator has got a lot uh, to offer. And I think that, that there's, uh, with the options and the upcoming trim levels uh, and the rumors of a potential two-door variant, uh, I, I think that this, there's a lot of potential there. You guys uh, heard that uh, SEMA is canceled for this year, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. It's, I'm kind of kind of butthurt so, about that. So, yeah, it's not good. So I, and I don't think necessarily that the Bronco is, I don't think it's available for sale in time to be at, uh, at SEMA this year, uh, if they were having it. But I, I, this says a lot about my character, and I'm a bad person, I know. <laughs> Whenever, when I heard SEMA was canceled, <laughs> I thought, oh, thank God, there won't be a... Uh, uh, flotilla of uh, <laughs> Broncos filling all the spots that all the gladiators were at last year. Oh, <laughs> sure. And then I thought about it. Well, well, they have They're not actually selling those things yet, so they probably won't, they don't come out until twenty twenty one. Oh, holy mother of God! They're going to be at Next the twenty year. at the twenty twenty one SEMA. Oh yeah. <laughs> no! That's I, why they're postponing it. They're going to wait to make the launch. You know, I, you know, and and I have no problem if people are excited about the Bronco and really like it and stuff. But the thing I get. Uh, that, that rubs me the wrong way, or all these jeepers that are talking about getting a Bronco. You know, if you were, if 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 you know, Jeep was just a convenient thing for you to have. Fine, move over to another brand. But you're not a jeeper if you're considering buying this and replacing your Jeep with it. Oh, replacing? Oh, that's what I'm that's, saying. Replacing no. second vehicles, one for the wife to drive. Uh, that, that's one thing. You know, but replacement? Yeah. That's oh, nah, boy. You're not a jeeper. 
have to have a have a talk with a section of rubber hose out in the back. Anyways, <laughs> if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, Tony, Josh, Wendy, it's Tammy. I'm still here. Um, lots happened in the past couple of weeks. Um, I am on my way to Uncle John, Uncle Tom's cabin um, to pick up the yellow CJ5. Neil and I had a major disagreement on it. We had a little falling out. Um, I left and headed to Texas. Tony, yeah, I was in the great state of Texas. Um, I needed some time to get my life together, and I hung out with my niece. I'm now making good on my promise to get this Jeep out of California and back to Colorado, and then I'm heading to southern Utah. I have a room to rent there, and uh, hopefully cross my fingers a possible job. So um, I've been on the road for the past week. Um, trying to get my life back together, and I just wanted to check in, and sorry I won't have a Jeep Life episode for this week, um, but like I said, I've been on the road and trying to get my life together. So um, I will see you guys next week, and I'm thinking this room to rent that I have, they have Internet, not Wi-Fi, Internet. So hopefully I'll be back up and running like I used to be when I was back in Maryland. So anyway, you guys have a great show, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. I'm going to make a prediction. Uh, when she said Utah and you know her own room is what she's getting in a possible job, I, I was thinking to myself, this is the beginning of a whole nother chapter in her life. It's, it's never easy to start over. Josh, you wouldn't know this. You've been coddled your entire life. How uh, dare you? <laughs> wow. And on the air, he says that. <laughs> but uh, I, I, th- I think this is going to be the moment that uh, Tammy looks back and says, you know, that was a real shit show that I had to go through. But uh, it really was easy in the long run. I should have done X, Y, and Z, and things would have gone a lot faster. And, it, and I think she's going to be just fine. And, and, and being well, you know in Utah... Say, huh? And being you know in Utah, she's going to have a great place to wheel. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what they say, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And, yep. and yeah, you took exactly. the words right out of my mouth. She's going to be in Utah, and there's world-class wheeling there. So, man, <laughs> yeah. come on, I'm jealous. Already. Coming up in Tech Talk, we address a problem that is becoming more and more common as we use our cell phones and our Jeeps to do more than ever before. Well, guys, we have another review. Oh, no. This one, yeah, I know. <laughs> Why do I have to say it like that? I mean, (laughs) why do I got to do this? Yeah. Okay. Wait, (laughs) we have a review. (laughs) It's two stars. I'm so excited. But this one's interesting and a little bit puzzling. So this is from Hub Bearing. Says there's lots of misinformation. Some really important things are actually just dangerous if you heed their, which he spells incorrectly, advice. (laughs) We're nitpicking. We're we're, we're not hurt. We're just going to nitpick you. (laughs) Well, I don't understand what it is that he's talking about, or she. It could be yeah, who, I mean, what is it, you know? There some so. specifics or some examples or... That'd be helpful. Anything at all? Well, I know that they have limited space there for the review, so I'd just like to say, uh, and, and one of the reasons why we picked this one was, it's it, it's very important to us for, to provide you, the audience, with good information. 
So yep. please, if we provide something, some information that you feel is wrong, reach out to us uh, at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and tell us what we missed. We'll correct the information uh, on the next episode, unless, of course, you are the one who is wrong. <laughs> and, then, and then we won't rub it in your face. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there was, was like the one time, I mean, it was like, I don't know, eight years ago or something like that. We we had somebody call in and, uh, and, and you know, call us out on something. It's like we had... We had uh, 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 misinformed the audience the, of the uh, the first casting year of the 242 cubic inch uh, inline six or something like that. And it was like I had missed it by like one year or something like that. I can't wow. remember. It was something trivial, but they, they called in and was like and went off on me. And, sure, and it was just like, well, sure. Okay. May I be so bold as to inject something? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. So, but no, especially if it's important, we want to, we absolutely don't, we, we have so few listeners, we don't want to lose any of them with, you know, That's fingers, right. toes, or lives. So please let us know. You know, we don't normally do two reviews in an episode, but this one was, no, just, we won't. This was too oh. good not to share. Oh, we have another one? Yes. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, t- uh, 1070 man or 1070 man uh, said, I listened to my first and last podcast today. Not the Jeep talk show, but podcasts as a whole. This is, this is how deeply affected him. Seems like it was going to be a good podcast, several different things, but I couldn't handle the cursing, the F bomb being dropped and then calling those who didn't uh, do a paid subscription rat bastards. (laughs) That's when I decided this wasn't my type of podcast. You know, oh, no. you know, we've had a couple of reviews that spoke critical of Josh, and I wanted to take 100% full responsibility for this one. <laughs> in my defense, I did try to find that F-bomb, but I thought maybe it was in the after show or something because I couldn't find it. <laughs> well, it's, it's not like we don't have an explicit rating on the show to begin with. I mean, what do you expect, people? Sesame Street? Exactly. <laughs> I understand. Some people aren't going to like the show, and they're not going to like the, the format, and uh, they're not going to like some of the things we say, and and that's completely understandable. But good for for the love of God, don't give up on podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> and, good shows and, and it's a and this is a two star review. After all this, we got two stars. So I think this person's just a real polite person. Is well, you know, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me, but I give them two stars for trying. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for, I don't know, years now, and I figured I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit. It's time for a Jeep Talk Show giveaway. Harry from Coyote Enterprises was our guest on episode 447. Harry and I were on the phone and uh, he asked how Coyote Enterprises could do a giveaway on our show. Harry picked up uh, picked our standard two things you must be and do. First, you must be the fifth caller into our voicemail line. And second, you must say the phrase that pays, and that is, we make your tires perform. If you do both of these things correctly, you may get your very own set of Coyote Enterprises tire deflators and custom-tuned to the PSI setting you want your tires to be aired down to. 
Wait, so let me get this straight, Tony. All somebody has to do is be caller number five and say the phrase, we make your tires perform, and they will get a set of tire deflators from Coyote Enterprises? That's it? That's the fact, Jack. Nice. You must be 18 years of age or older. Your mailing address must be in the continental United States. You may only call in once per giveaway. Any required word or phrase must be said exactly and completely the first time. Your call must include your caller ID. One chance to win per individual per giveaway. All these rules must be followed unless otherwise stated. Failure to follow these rules will disqualify you from being eligible for the giveaway. We will contact you with a text message at the number you called from. Good luck, Jeeper. Big thanks to Harriet Coyote Enterprises for thinking of our listeners. Now think of Coyote Enterprises. See what I did there? Did there? I and, like it. And go over to their website at coyoteents.com. That's coyoteents.com. And of course, we'll have that link in this episode's show notes. Hey, I just got done listening to the first episode. Wow. Um, so the first three minutes is just music, some bad music. Um, then after that, you listen to Tony mess with uh, the settings for 12 minutes. He's and timing it. Then he lets you listen to a Christmas song twice. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was listening to it out in the garage. He's still recovering. And uh, my daughter comes out. She's seven. She says, Dad, are you listening to... A Muppet? <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, well, oh my. What Muppet? Says, oh, I thought you were listening to a Muppet. Sounds like Kermit the Frog. It is Kermit the so, Frog? My daughter thinks Tony sounded like Kermit the Frog at the time. Oh, no. But anyways, you guys have progressed a long, long way. Uh, great show. Keep it up. Um, I don't think I'll listen to episode two. Maybe <laughs> if I'm... <laughs> need to fall asleep one day. I'll put episode two on. But um, yeah, you guys, man, long way you guys come. So good job. Don't worry about the bad reviews. You're gonna have a couple bad apples out there. Other than that, good job, guys. I just want to point out, it's not us. That's not the reason for the bad reviews. It's the bad yeah. apples. It's the people yeah. that are doing it. I like the way this guy thinks. <laughs> Ah, oh, Jason, good times, man. Good times. Thanks for calling in. Great, uh, uh, great review there of episode one. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! You know, I had another topic I was going to cover on this episode, but when I checked the Jeep Talk Show emails this week, I saw a great submission from listener Chris from Seven Slats that I thought would be a lot more fun to cover. Chris wrote into the show and asked if there was a way to prevent the spring end of his auxiliary cord or the port itself from wearing out. You know, this is for the stereo and stuff. It's a good question because, you know, most of us nowadays are using our phones as the source for audio in our vehicles from navigation to communication. And now pretty much every facet of entertainment in our vehicles comes from or at least originates from our cell phones. Pandora, Spotify, and a myriad of other streaming services all mirror linked on the screen on your dash from the screen on your phone. Bluetooth has made this effortless other than for the act of pairing the devices to one another, but what if your stereo doesn't have Bluetooth? Well, then most of us will revert to using the old headphone jack and auxiliary cable to get audio from the phone to the stereo in the dash, or maybe from the phone to an FM modulator that in turn sends the audio through a dead station in the car stereo. 
The problem with this is that you generally have to have the, you know, the phone is generally moving all around. You pick it up, you put it down, it's in the cup holder, it's in the, you know, the center console, it's all over the place. You watch it as it moves from your lap to the underside of the brake pedal or from the cup holder to the passenger side floorboard with such vicious velocity that you just know the cable is being tested to its limits. And so is the port in which it's plugged into. That little 3.5mm headphone jack can only take so much abuse before the very thin metal contacts inside uh, end up getting worn out or overextended. Most metal contacts for things like audio jacks generally have some spring back as they are designed to be used through tens of thousands of cycles of cables being plugged in and unplugged. But when you throw in bouncing around in a lifted Jeep or trying to outlive the rigors of off-road or even that left turn that now has your phone well out of reach, the contacts will eventually get overworn or moved to a point beyond the point of springback and where they won't make as much or as good of a connection to the cable as they used to. And, and speaking of that cable end, as the cable gets used more and more, bent this way and that, one that one little slit that shows up on the edge is now a fray on the end of the spring end that that plug seems to be opening up a little bit more and more every day. Now you see almost every cable that is meant to be repeatedly manipulated will have a spring end, a tapering buildup of the plug body to the cable itself, usually conical in profile and with a radial with radial reliefs along it allowing it to flex and bend much like a spring would. This is supposed to aid in relieving the stresses of repeated bending and tugging. And in actuality, it just moves the point at which the cable will start to fall apart and eventually fail further down the cord. It does help the jack though a little bit, but only somewhat. Chris hoped that there was going to be a solution and even asked if gluing the plug into the jack would, would solve this. And believe me when I say, Chris, I feel your pain more than you know. I can't tell you how many charging cables, auxiliary jacks, and even audio cables throughout my career in DJing I've had to finagle, zip tie, rubber band, or even tape in place just to get to work right. I'm sure if we opened up this topic up to the campfire site chat, we'd have all sorts of very colorful stories about clever solutions. In the end, though, if you decide that gluing that cable into the jack permanently will forever solve your problem, well, then consider yourself a temporary genius, because that will work, but only for so long, at least as long as the cable does. Uh, anyways, and no cable will ever last forever. Once that cable goes, you're looking at a full head unit replacement unless you can live without an auxiliary port or somehow unglue what has been glued without damaging anything. There are ways around this. First and foremost is going to be having a mindset to secure the cable near the stereo to the dash to eliminate the stress from the cable movement or the weight on the jack or the port itself. This can be done with a little piece of tape, some hot glue, or even a zip tie mount with an adhesive back. Those little one inch square plastic tabs that have four sides on them, you can easily slide a zip tie through them creating a hard mount for virtually any tube or cable that it can support. Your dinky audio cable will be nothing to this thing, and you can get a pack of like 50 of them on Amazon for less than 10 bucks. So it's a super cheap solution, and you're not making a permanent mod to your stereo or your dash. Another option is going to be to use the dash trim itself to secure that cable, and then route it to an area near the center console where you can get to the other end. This is how I've done things in my own rides over the years. The auxiliary cable is plugged into the port on the stereo or in the dash and then immediately turns down or into the side and then disappears behind a piece of trim only to come out near the you know one of my cup holders or something like that. The jack in the stereo never gets messed with and it's under almost no stress at all. That's of course all fine and dandy if everything still works. But what if the jack is already worn, broken, or not working right? Well, first I would replace that cable with one brand new and not one from like the dollar store. This will ensure that you get a good quality cable with unworn ends whose tolerances are going to be a little bit tighter than the cheap stuff at the dollar store. 
The other reason you want to spend a little bit more here is that the cheaper the cable is, the less quality you are going to see. The shielding and protective outer layer will be thinner and it's going to break a lot easier. The wires inside are going to be angel hair thin. It will easily break with a hard enough or a hard enough pinch or a tug. And usually these cheaper cables don't have the stress leaving ends that the more expensive cables will have. That and your worn cable ends are already part of the problem. Now it might be that you just have a cheap quality cable or one that is already too worn to function properly and well that's going to be an easy fix. Next up is going to be something for those who are more technically inclined or have access to electrical repair tools or familiarity with a circuit board layout and the principles of removing and then reinstalling a through hole or surface mount, surface mount connector. Because essentially what you're going to be doing here at this point is removing the stereo or auxiliary port from the dash and removing the actual jack component from its mount or the circuit board itself inside the stereo. Obviously, this is going to involve some serious disassembly. You will have to locate and then identify the 3.5mm jack and then find a suitable replacement that can be installed. You may find that there is just a loose solder joint on the thing and, well, that's an easy fix with just some touch-up work with a fine-tip soldering iron. Clearly, this isn't going to be for everybody and may be better suited for an electrical repair shop, but still, this repair will be generally cheaper than replacing the stereo as a whole unless you completely cheap out. If desoldering a component from a circuit board is a little bit above your pay grade, but some minor disassembly of the stereo isn't, then consider manipulating the contacts inside the jack. You will have to have a really good set of pick tools for this, surgical-like steadiness in your hands, and a very well-lit work area and a metric ton of patience. It sounds intimidating, but it's not that hard if you have the right gear. Basically, what you're going to be doing is getting into that small little female end of the jack and pulling the contact points inside of it back down to the center line to potentially give a better connection. There is no guarantee this will work, and you will have a higher likelihood of actually breaking the contacts of the jack itself than manipulating their position enough to provide a better connection. But if you're really good or really lucky, then you might be able to get, some, get somewhere and be able to make a more permanent fix. There's no off-the-shelf solution for a worn auxiliary jack, as what you're fighting here is basically results of abuse and wear. And there's only so much of that that can, re can, you, that you can reverse or mitigate before you have to replace something. Josh, I don't normally do this, um, but uh, would it be okay if I shit on your point? What? <laughs> well, that's not the Tony that I know. <laughs> well, what's different than any other week? Okay, I'm asking ahead. permission. <laughs> no, by all means, what do, you, what do you got? What do you got? Because uh, I know this, this I kind of went a little bit long, and this is kind of a little bit dry in, in some areas, but I, I know this is a lot of information oh. that a lot of people will be able to make use of. We get lots of uh, love the Tech Talk segment, so uh, long and dry is how they like it. Um, so the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Josh, Easy there, people. Josh, Easy. Josh didn't get it. <laughs> I was drinking it, a glass of water. It took, it took Wendy. It took Wendy to react water. before he got it because I can see him on the on the video. Your guys, you can't. Anyway, no. The thing I was thinking of is this is one of the reasons why I'm going wireless on everything, uh, wireless charging, wireless audio, and and so on and so forth. And and I understand uh, that Chris doesn't have a Bluetooth option here. Now, obviously, his phone does. Unless it's a 1990s uh, <laughs> flip phone or something, uh, it, it has Bluetooth, but his his uh, entertainment center in his vehicle does not. So if the jack is not gone already, uh, I did a quick search on uh, Amazon for Bluetooth to 3.5 millimeter uh, adapters, and for uh, 30 bucks or less, 
you can get this little Bluetooth adapter that plugs into uh, the the stereo 3.5 millimeter jack. Okay, now it's my turn to shit on your point. Okay, go ahead. Ooh, this I wasn't is good. done, but that's the you know, let's get the shit rolling because it doesn't sound like you saw the pictures that were attached in his email. Because that's his whole problem, actually, is he has one of those devices that he plugs into this this in right into the, right into the dash. The, the only picture I saw was the one here on the show notes. Now there's there's three pictures that were attached in his first email. Yeah, I didn't see it. So here's the thing with with Chris's problem is that you know the auxiliary port in the stereo or in the in the dash for him at least he's got an adapter coming directly out of that and then goes directly into a uh, a Bluetooth adapter. Uh, and then his phone connects to that, um, and then obviously that goes you know through the auxiliary port into the stereo. The, the issue with him though is that um, you know the, the weight of that device has been playing havoc on that auxiliary port for however long he's been using it like that. Um, and so the the connection points have been stretched out; they've been degraded. That the plastic itself or the housing may be even stretched. I mean, it, it, there's probably levels of of, uh, of you know issue to to this, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just, and, and there could be other problems too, you know, cold solder joint or something like that as well, but you know, who knows? Well, if you got anything to add to this topic, maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. And hey, a little bit later in the show, I'm going to have a solution for anybody who's got a similar problem. I knew this guy couldn't stay away. Oh. Hey, Jeep Talk Show. This is Jason. I had called a couple of days ago of the guy that episode one. Well, I just finished episode two, and I actually enjoyed episode two. Tony had an individual on, talking about his XJ, I believe, and thought, um, it was actually a, a really good episode, I thought it was. He talked about the uh, AW4 transmission, and it's made by Asian, a- Asian, one of those names. But anyways, yeah, it was actually pretty good. Um, so I'm going to keep listening to him. Hopefully, I'll get that troll badge for <laughs> listening to the first 10 episodes. Um, let me know if that's possible. Do you have an anecdote? And, uh, yeah, from first episode to second episode, is actually a little bit bigger improvement. This time, though, Tony did play the Christmas song beginning of the show and the end of the show. That well. Christmas song. So, instead of playing back-to-back, he, he separated. So, thank you, Tony. Um, other than that, keep up the good work, everyone. I appreciate it. Thanks. Christmas is my favorite time of year. That's from my friend Tom Rapp. It's a great, that's a great Christmas song. I really enjoy that song. But it's August, so. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. And it's hot, so stop it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, to to uh, to our, our new friend Jason, uh, who has listened to uh, your friend at least episode episode <laughs> one and two, <laughs> friend of yours is he a friend of ours? Um, and uh, uh, I'm going to say achievement unlocked. Uh, that guy's got. Uh, he should have a sticker going his way or something. Oh man, I wish we would. I uh, wish we knew somebody that uh, uh, could make the little uh, badges. I mean, little badges of honor. But you know, all Jeep talks are related. You know, I've JTS one through ten. That's all it says. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I, I survived. <laughs> I, I made it through. There's a whole line of T-shirts. I listened to the Jeep Talk Show one through ten, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Yeah. You know, for yeah. example. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Merchandising is always wild, just absolutely wild. And then you guys get bitch because you didn't get signed in on the merchandising clause. So, (laughs) (laughs) my idea. 
You can listen to the Jeep Talk Show live. You never know what will happen or where the conversation will go. You can only hear you. Uh oh. So you're actually getting the best part of the show, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, join us every Thursday night and be part of our virtual campfire. It's the Zoom people fault. Or whoever the spokesperson was. <laughs> We're starting our own Zoom people podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook and know when and how you can join the conversation. Was it an accident or was it on purpose? <laughs> so Josh uh, sent me a message uh, on like on Tuesday this week saying, hey, I've got the topic for uh, this week's Campfire Side Chat because I had asked for it early. I wanted to send it out in the newsletter. And uh, I got busy and forgetful and stuff, and the newsletter didn't go out till today. <laughs> so, so, so thank you, Josh, for being on time. <laughs> for nothing. But, but in my defense, I was oh, working for hours trying to get a single bolt and nut on it in uh, my damn Jeep. But anyway, so uh, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, the uh, Jeep Talk Show newsletter is now a thing. And, and I'll let you, the two hosts here, know that we're getting a lot of uh, newsletter people subscribing to the newsletter. I was really surprised. I mean, like we don't get enough spam already in our email. These people are willing to, to get some uh, email from us about things that are going on. And if you didn't awesome. see, yeah, if you weren't already subscribed to our newsletter, uh, you actually found out today about the Coyote Enterprises giveaway that we were going to be talking about on the show tonight and uh, some upcoming uh, things going on with the show and uh, about the, the Zoom, uh, getting in on the Zoom meeting tonight and how to do that. So if you're not uh, subscribed to the newsletter, and so far it's just been uh, one email a week uh, around anywhere from Monday to Friday, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, one email a week, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash newsletter, put in your email address, and it's really, really easy to unsubscribe because I know everybody's nervous about getting a bunch of crap that they don't want to see in their, their inbox. So uh, no, Just flag it as spam. We don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But if you'd like to have direct com, uh, uh, direct uh, interaction with the show, know about things, and maybe you're not seeing the, the notifications on Facebook in a timely manner, uh, this should solve that issue. And hey, Jeeper, we've got a couple of openings for interviews in September. If you or a friend of yours, or maybe the both of you, would like to come on the show to talk about your last wheeling trip, what mods you've done to your Jeep, or anything Jeep, really, we would love to have you on the show. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and let us know that you would like to be on the show. We'll get you all hooked up. All right, Wendy, you teased it a bit at the beginning of the show about if we had time. So, of course, we have to make time because we got to hear about a renegade going up an incline. And, and, and I just got to say, you're talking about one of the proper renegades, right? One of the uh, the, the renegades from the CJ57 era, era? No, no, I'm talking about brand new with the new everything we see today on the road. Uh, we don't have time for this, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, but I'll make it short was really interesting. I was working with uh, a gal that was new to driving off-road, and she showed up in this Renegade, and I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. I'm just going to have so much information to pass on to the show, and we can continue on our little egging on and all that stuff. Well, turns out she's got the uh, Trailhawk series. She did a little lift on it, and she has the Falcon um, Wild Peak uh, all-terrain tires on it. So we're thinking, okay, let's give it a shot. Well, let me tell you, I was quite surprised that she was actually able to do blue, which is a medium trails, some rocks, some, you know, different types of terrain and going up steep hills and down. I was actually very impressed. So I'm going to have to say that I was very, very surprised that it actually <gasps> performed as well as it did. 
So there we go. Josh, what is it you normally tell our co-hosts when they don't uh, perform in the manner in which we expect? (laughs) You're fired. There we go. Oh, Oh, goodness. I don't know. I was just, it was surprising. Let's just put it that way. That's really interesting. So, uh, and you know, you're a seasoned uh, uh, wheeler, especially in the, uh, uh, the spotting category. So, Mm-hmm. This is this is meaningful to me. So uh, when you say blue trail, give me a, a better idea of what you're talking about. Uh, so it's uh, not not a black diamond. It would be a blue square. So it's a medium rated trails. Um, so obviously going to be you know getting there on fire roads, but there's rocks and rocky areas. And then we we ended up taking her up on a uh, a blue which had a lot of rock, and it was sort of. You know, her ground clearance wasn't 100%, so we couldn't take her over anything too big. But it was just amazing to see how well she performed. I think part of it was her behind the wheel. She did have some experience. But it was just amazing to see that little renegade just, you know, go on up the hill and be able to to go straight up, come straight down. She didn't slide. She didn't do anything crazy. She was able to maneuver over rocks. Not boulders, but just regular rocks that you'd find on a, on a blue trail. So I was, it was surprising, very surprising. So let me qualify a blue trail, and you correct me if I'm wrong on this. A blue trail would be maybe like an oil slick, uh, a water spray, kind of out from the side in, in an instant, oh. and maybe Bigfoot jumps out and goes, Arr! <laughs> No, it would be trails that are off camber, um, lots of rock crawling that you're doing, not big boulders, of course, like it's in a black well, diamond. Because you don't have the clearance, right? Yes, exactly. But it's not a easy trail where any car can handle it. So yeah, it was it was good. It was interesting, like I said, to watch. I'm sure it was a blast to see. I mean, I would have yeah. loved to watch it. It's also interesting. It's a shorter wheelbase, um, smaller tires. You know, we had to figure out how to air her down and what to air her down to because she, I think she was running 40s when we started with her 40 psi in the tires, mm-hmm. and I think we put her down to 22. Um, and she's like, wow, the ride is much smoother in the dirt when I air down. It's like, hmm, well, there's a first start. So yeah. it's always nice when you can, you know, work with somebody new and sort of help them. But that was, it was interesting. It was definitely, I wanted to prejudge in the beginning, like, oh, well, this isn't going to go well. Mm-hmm. Um, but she actually did really well and the vehicle performed quite capable. So there we go. So did you guys have a group hug and, and, and make, uh, make her feel comfortable about being part of the group? Or did you make yes. her do the standard seven paces? behind the rest of the jeeps or along the trail well it was funny because of course we had our little comments in the beginning of well okay we'll see how this goes and she's like look i'm already i already want a wrangler i'm just going to do that next but right now this <laughs> i just is want I you have. to know <laughs> yeah. so funny i felt kind of funny but no she just you know of course we welcomed her in we're working with people we don't really care what you're driving we just want you to be safe and get through it but yeah. that was for it was good. So anyway, yeah. there's my little sharing. That's really cool. It, it's a great story. And of course, I was having fun with it. I'm really happy that uh, she actually came out there because can you imagine uh, if you know anything about Jeeps and, and you, like she said, she wanted to get a Wrangler, but she has this uh, this Trailhawk that she's uh, modified. That takes a, a, quite a bit of courage to show up out there to, to do mm-hmm. that thing because you know what people are going to be saying. Yeah, it's exactly right. They're not necessarily going to be as welcoming, but it was definitely capable. So I just encouraged her to continue in doing it because you know what Absolutely. she's doing it. So yeah. yeah. So again, having fun, but that shows a lot of courage, and I got a lot of respect for everybody. It's like fat people going to the gym. You know, God bless you because <laughs> it's embarrassing. You know, I'm fat. I'm going to the gym. I'm trying. Damn it. Uh, so uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for for those people that they're going against the societal nor- uh, norms and you know mm-hmm. p- p- potentially getting the ridicule. Mm-hmm. 
Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, I've talked about getting the newbie driver in the Jeep and out on the trail, and I've also mentioned about getting the passenger into the driver's seat. And it occurred to me that perhaps I didn't mention that being a great mentor can have a lasting effect on a newbie. So the question is, are you a good mentor? This is really a question only you can answer yourself. But if you have patience and a skill set to share, then most likely you fit the role. Being a good mentor is someone who listens to what the newbie is actually asking, not just the question that you heard. Sometimes a newbie has a question that you may feel is basic or you assume they mean something else. I found asking a follow-up question can really help the newbie understand what they are trying to convey and even help you to understand what they're really asking. We really do need mentors in a lot of areas of the world right now, but today I'm just going to limit it to just about jeeping. Mentors help those of us learn at our own pace and gain knowledge that we can then use and turn around and help someone else and pass it along. Having knowledge helps us gain confidence and try more trails. For an example, we had a relatively new Jeep driver who was new to off-roading join our club. Now, her Jeep is mostly stock. When I asked her if she wanted to lead a run, her initial reaction was, no way, I cannot do that. I followed up with, sure you can. I'll be there to assist you the whole way. Let's pick an easy trail you like, and we'll set up a day and time for the run. The date was set. Everyone showed up at the meet point. I helped her with the waivers, and I helped her with a list of what covers what to cover in the driver's meeting. I also lent her a radio as she was in the lead, and we brought up the rear. Now, she had a great day, and that set her up for another run, and now she has led several of the easy trails and is more comfortable with stops and information along the way. I think being a mentor is very rewarding when you see a driver blossom and gain confidence. She's now adding a few things to her daily driver, like rock sliders, bigger tires, front and rear, bumpers, and some other things. Uh Uh-huh. And so it begins. Now, had I not guided her and been willing to help without pushing She may never have had the courage to try and lead. I think as mentors, we serve as stewards to all things off-road, which ensures that we pass on to future generations that will have access to trails throughout the country. Now, on another occasion, we helped Don Alexander with a student enrolled in his Jeep off-road school. Now, she was new to driving off-road, and I was able to ride with her as we took her through the course. We traveled over some easy roads and ended up in an area that had steep climbs, off-camber, and some deep ruts. She really learned how her Jeep felt and how it moved through the obstacles. But she was also learning how to pick a line and how to judge the width and length of her Jeep. Things she admitted seemed very foreign to her. Now, getting a chance to learn all kinds of options with her Jeep really made her day. And her Jeep was fairly set up. 35-inch tires, 3.5-inch lift, rock sliders, no body armor yet. But it was really exciting to see her go at her own speed and yet help her build her confidence. She wasn't used to someone taking their time and letting her go through the process. By the time we were finished, I told her she could easily do a medium trail with another Jeep. And with experience and a few more times out, she could tackle the Black Diamond trails. I did, however, recommend some body armor before she does that. Uh Uh-huh. Now, mentoring can also be as simple as helping someone along the way. You never know the impact of your interaction with another Jeeper and how encouraging it may be. When you mentor, do you get out of the Jeep and allow the driver to see the obstacles from all angles, or you just tell them what to do? As a mentor, do you help them when it's time to air down and show them how the tools work, or you just air down for them? What about explaining how to go into four low or four high? 
And how about when to use their lockers or disconnect their sway bars and help explain why? All of these things us experienced Jeepers know about, and we, we, we just know it without thinking. But a newbie really needs to know the basics, and taking a little bit of time to help them understand can mean the difference of encouraging them to get out on the trail or keep them from trying at all. Mentors are good ambassadors for the off-road community, so try to be a good mentor. Now, guys, who was your first mentor, and was it a good experience? I'm trying to think. Um, I think I'm my first mentor. Mentor. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I don't think I've actually had one. I mean, uh, I've heard, uh, uh, I mean, Josh has uh, taught me stuff here on the show. Uh, I've heard from, uh, listeners. I've, uh, interacted with people on, uh, on the social media type stuff and, and learned things in the forums. I guess the forums would be probably the thing that I would say was the, the first mentor. Uh, and, uh, uh, I remember next show was actually what I used to determine, uh, the size lift that I wanted to put on my, uh, my XJ. And, uh, I also remember the the uh, the posters saying, uh, "Whatever you're going to get, uh, add an inch to it at least, because <laughs> you'll save yourself some time and money." <laughs> so I've actually related that same information to uh, to other people that I've uh, tried to tell uh, what they should do to the, their vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, you, it was it was uh, a little different um, because I didn't really have somebody who I could consider somebody who would fit the role of, uh, of mentor, somebody who I, who I uh, looked up to or gained one of those like pivotal moments of off-roading advice or experience that, that really changed my perspective or anything like that. And it wasn't until years and years and years later after I had, I had already gone through a couple of vehicles and, and, and stuff like that, that I, that I really encountered somebody who, whose paths I crossed that really fit that bill. Um, his name was Ken. And, um, he went by Island TJ on the forums and, um, and he was a really good guy, but he was probably the first person who I ever encountered who knew what the hell he was doing when he was spotting somebody. (laughs) And, and it was because of that, that I, I really kind of took to this guy because he got me through an obstacle and, and, you know, there's a little bit of that, uh, the whole thing, you know, where you, you get that bonding after you go through, you know, an experience like, you know, you yes. know, something that's, I'm going to say traumatic, but <laughs> it wasn't yeah. really like that. It was just, you know, one of those things where I, well, I can't believe I made it through that, you know, and, right. and it was like, oh man, I can't believe you made, you know, help me get through all that. And, mm-hmm. and then it was, you know, from that point on, we kind of had a good friendship and, uh, and really helped each other, uh, with our own Jeep experiences. Um, and, and we wheeled a lot together for years and I haven't seen or talked to the guy in probably a decade now. Wow. Um, but, but he was one of these influential people who's, who, who, you know, just crossed into my life for a short period of time and who made a, a very, uh, a big impression, um, with my, my, um, my off-road life, if you will. And, and it was because of him that, uh, that I really changed the way that I engage and interact with other Jeepers. Um, and, and I really changed the way that I spot. I changed the way that I talk to people off-road. Um, it was shortly after that, that I became an Oregon, uh, tread trainer with uh, tread lightly. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it was just, it was one of those pivotal moments and, wow. and it was just one of those guys who, who just sort of has an effect on people. Um, and I'm sure that everybody has, you know, at one point in time, it had a person like that in their life. Mine just happened to be this guy, Ken. Um, and it happened to be off road. Wow. Josh, would you mind if I'm, I made a, a bit of an, uh, observation and a suggestion here? By all means. I mean, this this gentleman sounds like he was a very important part of your your off road life, 
and you not uh, being in touch in 10 years, maybe now's the time to, to reach out, see what's going on. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't give a rat's ass what what kind of relationship. You're trying you, to get an interview on the show. <laughs> what you guys. Oh, actually, coming, actually, I was thinking of a listener. We could use another listener. So <laughs> if you reach out and if you'll mention to him that you do a, a Jeep talk show, that would be great. And that you mentioned his name on the air. And so that you mentioned his name help. on the air. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't remember yeah, the might, name. There but... might be somebody out there. He's just one of those guys where, you know, I'm sure that he's got a huge following of people who, you know, uh, really have nothing but good stuff to say about him. Well, for me, uh, I have to say that my mentor was Bill, my husband. He's been off-roading forever. And it was just nice to have somebody who was steady and calm and patient. I think that was good because I had there to sort go. of learn about off-roading and how the jeep works my brain was still stuck as you remember my very first talk about my my very first experience i was stuck in the this is what a car does on a road with pavement and i had to get my brain sort of worked around what the dirt does and how we climb and how the jeep works and so for me um it was it was him and i i'm i think it's because of him that i was able to just excel and get more involved and have more um questions and i can ask anytime of course you know he lives close by so i can i can reach him anytime i need but um so it's kind of fun but yeah it was bill for me so cool no i was maybe i might have been a mentor just this last weekend because i i took cool. a uh, a gentleman in his 70s out on a uh, on an off-road trail uh, kind of close to the house here out in the, the lottie flats ohv area and then we were uh, on the 800 trail and um uh he had never been off-road oh. at all ever uh and and i mean wow. had seen the sort of stuff you know uh, you know on tv seen the vehicles all that sort of stuff but never really knew what rock crawling was never been on a trail never been uh on a vehicle you know in a vehicle when it has gone off road other than maybe in mm-hmm. some snow or maybe on some sand uh something like that uh, maybe a gravel road that might have been the extent of of his off-road experience um, and when we got into some four low rock crawling stuff where you can't see the road and all you're looking at is sky, you uh-huh. know, that type of stuff. And, <laughs> and he was, he had the time of his life. Uh, and so that was, that was kind of really cool for me, even though it was just like, you know, a, a couple hours out, um, you know, it's, it's about a 45 minute, maybe an hour drive, if that, uh, to where I can get to some trails and stuff and, uh, um, out for a couple of hours and then, and then back. Um, so just a quick little day trip type of thing wow. out there. And he had the time of his life. So, Absolutely. and that was, that was really cool. Cause I got to, I got to share with somebody, um, uh, something that I love and that's near and dear to my heart that I like doing, um, and who, you know, is a senior to me, uh, been on this planet, you know, several decades longer than I have and, uh, who has never experienced anything like this. And I got to share that with him. I got to share that experience with somebody and, and to me, that's, I mean, that's just really, really cool to be, be able to share something like that for the first time with somebody, um, you know, and, I mean, it's different when you're in your twenties sharing something uh, and a first experience with somebody, but when you've been on this planet for 70 plus years mm-hmm. and, and you've never done something like this, you know, that, that's, that's incredible to me. It's so special that you did that for him. And I'm sure he's always going to have that memory. I mean, what a great experience. That's awesome. Yeah, and we he, had a lot. And he, and he says, thanks, son, but I just needed a ride to the bus station. <laughs> <laughs> Why Hang do on, we have Pop to take this ride. <laughs> I was a bit nervous driving an <laughs> hour to the There, there was a little bit of ibuprofen involved afterwards, of course. But, uh, oh, but no, it was, it was a good time. Oh, I love it. That's That's a great story. I love that, so. All right, well, reach out and let us know your newbie story, or if you have a topic or suggestion, we'd love to hear it. And if you want more info, check out my YouTube channel, Jeep 4-1-1, with more tips, tricks, and techniques. 
from the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I'd like to apologize for last week for shamefully plugging my podcast. Uh, I apologize. I won't do it again. I'll never, ever again plug my podcast, the 10-Minute Off-Road Podcast. It's the podcast for an off-roader with a short attention span. I love that. <laughs> where we talk about the topics that are important to off-roading. Like Angry Eye Grills. Why are these Jeeps so upset? And is there a therapy that could uh, make them happy again? And Bigfoot. Does he really like beef jerky or is that just a racist stereotype? And of course, we talk about the serious topics like fluid leaks. Yes, guys to the left and girls to the right. But what about the people that fall in between? Fall through the crack. That's not why I'm calling. I'm calling today to talk about the Jeep Badge of Honor. Uh, An easy way to hit a lot of trails in a short amount of time is next time you're on a transcontinental flight, like flying from coast to coast, just uh, whip out your phone every few minutes and uh, open up the app and... You'll hit a bunch of trails real quick. Oh Sometimes God. several of them at the same time. Nikki Record G does time. not endorse frauding Jeep. Or do I? I don't know. I'm not even sure. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. Can you have a good one? Bye. Or do I? And I'll, I'll just mention that uh, Nikki G is in the, the Zoom Room People uh, compound, we'll call it, tonight. So if you if you haven't joined us on the Zoom uh, conference call and listened to the show being recorded this was the, the time you should have done it because it was uh, Nikki G in the house. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. And this week I thought I'd go ahead and pull something out of the hat that's, uh, well, a little bit near and dear to my heart, in fact, and actually uh, related to one of our topics from earlier. Um, I'm The one that's going to be, uh, the item for this week is going to be the Skosh BTFM4 SP1. It's the uh, universal Bluetooth hands-free car kit with FM transmitter and dual USB ports. And the reason why I'm throwing this up today uh, for this episode is, well, one, it's uh, relevant. Uh, and two, I actually have this device and has had it. I've had it for about a year now. Uh, and through two different vehicles, I have loved this thing. Uh, and, and really because, uh, uh, well, the last two cars that I've had for my daily driver have not had Bluetooth head units. Uh, and so it's been, well, I've got to rob a, uh, an FM station. Uh, and uh, through an FM modulator, basically this, what this has inside of it is a very small FM transmitter. And it basically takes over uh, a radio station that doesn't otherwise have anything on it um, that you tune into on your stereo. Uh, it then pairs with your with your cell phone, and you can then basically make phone phone calls or or play audio or whatever else uh, through the stereo as if it was a Bluetooth stereo. Um, and, and so this thing is is great. Um, it's got dual USB ports for high speed charging as well. It has an LED display that shows the exact frequency the transmitter is tuned to, so you can have easy syncing and, and move through stations uh, as you are maybe like on a road trip or something like that. Um, and this works for both Android and Apple devices, and even comes with a three year warranty, which I haven't even touched yet, and I'm almost at, at the one year point. 
Uh, it's under 25 bucks. Comes with free shipping through the link that we have that will take you to Amazon uh, to get this thing. But you can get them at uh, Target and Walmart and, and other stores like that as well. They're all over the place, anywhere where Scotia accessories are sold. Uh, it's a great name. The company's been around for a very long time. And for the price and convenience, well, you just can't beat it. And with a personal recommendation from me who have, has, has actually used one of these devices for, uh, for several months, I'd say it's definitely one of the must-have pick of the weeks for your Jeep. 25 bucks. Um, I paid 9.99 for mine at Lowe's, which is a, a lumberyard type home store type thing that we have here. I don't know if, if you guys have them or not. And except mine was in the shape of a cassette tape. And, oh, had a, and had a wire streaming out of it with a Yeah, no, this is wireless, <laughs> Tony. This is, this is back to getting rid of the wires, getting rid of the cables, and all of that stuff. You because I've there's versions of these out there where you actually have a small little headphone jack that you actually plug into the head, you know, into the into the port, and then there's still an FM modulator, right? Um, you know, but uh, but then again, you're dealing with cords. You you're start your your phone's got to be within a certain proximity. Uh, the the ends are are gonna fray or you know get worn out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and you know, it's it's just it's it's a hassle. But if you just go with the Bluetooth, pretty much every smartphone that's been made in the last ten years has Bluetooth capabilities, and uh, you know you'll be able to pair up with one of these things. But uh, if your if your stereo entertainment system uh, is uh, twenty years old, like mine was, and you wanted to listen to your phone, uh, and you had a cassette player <laughs> in, the, in your uh, in your Jeep, you just stick that little ten dollar thing in there, plug it into the uh, the phone and man, you're podcasting. You can hear all kinds of stuff. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. It was like ten bucks for those little cassette things. You actually show see these things showing up on Facebook about. Do you know what this is? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, I, I have, that's too funny. I have a question, Josh. Yeah, by all means. So, how does this actually work? I, mean, I realize you said how it worked, but I mean, as far as your smartphone, so you don't have to have the phone connected. You're just letting it coming through so the, the radio. It's coming through your the, stereo then when you're speaking, not through your phone. The phone connects to this device. And, okay. and then so whatever is being played through whatever you would ordinarily hear through your phone, you're going to hear it's, through your car stereo speakers oh, then at that point. That's awesome. So okay. the, 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 the person who's on the other line will be talking through the speakers of your of your of your vehicle. Um, okay. The uh, the music that you would be streaming through whatever streaming service, whether you're listening to YouTube, whether you're listening to a podcast through the Jeep Talk Show app, whether you're listening to uh, Pandora or Spotify or iTunes, I mean, whatever it is that you're listening to at the time, you'll be playing it through your car stereo speakers at that point, basically as if it was an FM radio station, because for all intents and purposes, it is, it's a radio station that has a broadcast radius of about three feet. And okay. so it's, you know, the next car over likely isn't even going to be able to hear what you're playing or what you're talking to, even if they did dial into the same radio station, just because the, the limits of this transmitter are so small that it can really only transmit to the stereo, which is about a foot away. Okay. Got it. Thank you. I'm thinking that you could get a vehicle wrap and do some advertisement for, you know, uh, DJ and traffic. And then up the uh, the output of this little unit, <laughs> and then you could you could I'm broadcast live from this traffic jam, which you're in as well, <laughs> you, if, <laughs> sir. If you just look to your left, you'll see me. Just wave, you know. <laughs> Call in now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. 
So now you know is is this the best um, version of this device? Maybe not. I, I I don't know. You know, is it the cheapest? Probably not. Is it the most expensive? I don't know. What I do know is that I own this device. It's worked very well for me. It sounds great. It's easy to use. Um, and yeah, man, I just you know it it works. Plain and simple. Yeah, I mean personal. Uh, I'm gonna try personal experience. It makes a huge difference. And yes, it does. You know, when you hear about these things and you see them, you go. I mean, everybody I think reads reviews. And, and, you know, it strikes me, 25 bucks for this thing, everybody, especially now because of uh, the, the issues that we've been having with China and the shutdown of our economy, a lot of people are saying, you know, buy American, buy American. If you were buying this from America, I bet you you'd be paying 80 to 100 bucks. Oh, yeah. Because right? I can't believe the price on this thing, $25. In 2020 year, I mean, in the year 2020, we're not talking about, you know, the 80s or the 90s or something. This is $25 now, which is like about 59 cents from 20 years ago. This this is dirt cheap for the technology, the technology that you're getting. For what this has, yeah. For what this has and what it offers and what it can do, it, it's really impressive. Now, sure, you can get other, you know, versions of this that do the same thing for probably half as much, I, you know, or maybe even less for that matter. I don't know. And, but I can't I can't really speak as to <laughs> you know, you how care. well they sound, you know, whether or not they're going to work for longer than two weeks, you know, yeah. how easy they are to use, any of that sort of stuff. So I actually still have. The box for this thing sitting right here. I, I kind of hold on to boxes for, oh, yeah. for certain things, and I actually I still have, still have the box. Uh, that's a box sound. Box sound. Yeah. So, anyways, but uh, yeah. So we'll have the link to this thing. You can uh, pick them up from Amazon, or if you want to find one locally, uh, we'll just check out the show notes for uh, um, th- this episode over at JeepTalkShow.com, and you can see the image and go find one for your very self. And now that you must have one of these hands-free Bluetooth transmitters for you or your Jeep or your daily driver, whatever, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com, look for the link in the show notes for episode 449. That link will take you right to where you can get one for yourself. Well, how'd you get that renegade up this hill? (laughs) It was really easy. Let me show you. Lots of butter. (laughs) Well, I'm glad everybody could uh, show up around the campfire side uh, this week. We've got a nice little chat ahead of us and a uh, good topic, I think, for this week. And uh, this is going to be one that's uh, one of those, you know, hindsight's always 2020 type of moments here. You know, mistakes happen. You know, bad choices get made. Sometimes we listen to bad advice when it comes to making mods on our Jeeps. And, well, sometimes we just screw up. Whatever it was, you wish you could go back and undo it. What is or was the one thing that you wish you never did to your Jeep? For me, it was probably a mistake in the uh, the one ton over the knuckle steering. My drag link and uh, my pitman arm are I'm not my my pitman arm. I'm sorry, my uh, my drag link and my um, panhard bar. Sorry, are uh, are slightly different lengths, and because of that, I've got a degree of bump steer. And I I wish that I could go back and and redesign things and and cut the tubes to the uh, the proper length uh, to where I wouldn't have this issue. Now, is it a is it a deal breaker? Um, you know, can I not drive or wheel the Jeep? Well, absolutely not. Uh, it's just a little bit of an issue. I go over a pothole, I get a minor little shake in the wheel, and it's gone. Um, it's, it doesn't ever you know translate into death wobble or anything like that. It's just a little bit of bump steer um, that I've got to deal with, and it's just because I didn't dot my eyes and cross my T's, and I wish I could go back and redo it. 
everybody's probably got one of those mods or one of those things in their Jeep. Maybe it was that left turn on that trail that you wish you would have taken a three-point turn on because otherwise you'd have another headlight still. Um, you know, maybe it's one of those things. Who knows? But uh, we're going to go through the list. We're going to go through our listeners, and uh, we're going to go through our hosts and, and find out what people have to say about this topic. Chris, what do you have to say about this? Is there something that you wish you never did to your Jeep? Uh, one thing, and it's minor. I just regret spending the money. I have a four-door Wrangler. Uh, there was, and I don't know the manufacturer, plate for the center. Uh, what would be the center seat in the back. If anybody's familiar, it's very, very soft. I think if you had a pencil in your pocket, you'd poke a hole in the back seat. And uh, there was this plate, and you put it in, wired in, and uh, it uh, really doesn't do anything. It's still about two inches lower. I think you'd still poke through the seat and uh, just regret spending the money on. Other than that, I've I've not I've been fortunate, been lucky. Well, very good. Uh, at least it's you know one of those uh, those cheap things that you can more or less ignore or or just sort of brush off. It's like, well, you know, it wasn't all that much money. Uh, it wasn't all that much blood, sweat, and tears. So you know, it's it's not going to be any you know, sweat off my back, as it were. Well, that's good, Chris. I'm glad it wasn't uh, anything major that uh, you know you lose sleep with overnight or anything like that. What about you, Greg? Is there anything that uh, has happened to your Jeep that you've done to your Jeep, a mod that you wish you didn't do? No. Uh, well. I put in a uh, the ZJ clutch fan, and at the same time, I purchased another uh, uh, fan shroud to go over the top of that, and mm -hmm. uh, it just wouldn't fit. And so I now got a fan shroud that won't fit. But other than that, you know, I spent twenty bucks on a stupid fan shroud, but other than that, you know, just uh, one of those things that you just live and learn, I guess. So now, is it uh, one of those things to where your, your Jeep isn't cooling right now? I mean, is it is it is it uh, not performing the way that it should because of this? No, not at all. Actually, um, I put in that ZJ clutch fan in my 2000 XJ, and now I'm running at uh, 200 or you know or 190, and then it's been 90 degrees out here all summer long in Tulsa. So oh, very nice. Th that that ZJ clutch fan's been one has done wonders for me. It's just that I'd thought that I would try to put the fan shroud in for safety reasons. So if you're ever looking under the engine with the motor running, you wouldn't chop a finger off, but it just the clutch fit, the fan shroud wouldn't fit. I couldn't get it in there because the ZJ uh, clutch fan was so much larger than the XJ clutch fan. Well, I'll be darned. Well, so good I've got to know. A $20, yeah, I've got a $20 uh, fan shroud that's just sitting on the workbench. <laughs> Oh, maybe turn it into a neon sign hanging on the wall one of these days or something like that. <laughs> Who knows? Well, <laughs> yeah, you never I know. suppose it could I suppose it could be worse, you know? It could be one of those things to where, you know, you did the mod and uh and now the Jeep just won't cool. You're running 210, 215 all the time. You can't get it to cool down or or uh or worse, you know? Um it, it's rubbing or or uh you know, you got some self-clearancing issues you got to deal with. You know something like that and there maybe there's there's, there's always uh, an issue that this being presented because of that mod and at least for you uh in this regard, um yeah, it it was successful. So uh congrats on that. And well, a $20 fan shroud that's taking up space. I suppose in the worst, you know, worst things could happen. What about Nikki G? We got Nikki G, the infamous, world famous Nikki G, host and founder of the uh, Attention Span podcast, whatever he's got going on that he tries <laughs> to plug. Episode, yeah. <laughs> Ten minute podcast. We're, we're glad to have Nikki G here in the house, in the person, and uh, and live on the mic. Nikki G, is there a mod that has happened to your Jeep that you wish you didn't do? I I'd have to say it's a toss up between. Uh, Installing the Easy Bake Oven 
or doing the uh, seatbelt elite. <laughs> yes, uh, both of those. I know that uh, that uh, uh, Tony went with a uh, with a blender uh, modification one time. That didn't work out so well. And then I uh, went over <laughs> to the deep fryer. He's got a fry daddy on the uh, past oh, board now. So. Couldn't couldn't make those long trips without a fry daddy. <laughs> uh, it's, it's good times, Nikki G. Good times. No, but seriously, is there is there a mod that you wish you uh, you had never done uh, to to the XJ? Uh, yeah, my my first mod was a two inch lift. And I immediately, the minute I put it in, I, I wanted a four-inch lift. So I, I'd say to anybody putting a lift in, go two inches higher than, than what you want. Be sorry. No, that's good advice. I mean, those budget boosts, you know, those two-inch budget boosts. I mean, they're they're fine and dandy. They'll kind of get you, kind of get you going. But but you're right. I mean, it is for all intents and purposes a bit of a waste of money because I don't know one person who has done uh, something like a two-inch lift and hasn't immediately gone and then stepped into a four-inch lift or, or something like that. I mean, it's almost the natural progression of things. Uh, you're not going to be happy with two inches. It's not going to last. It's not going to end up giving the performance of what you want or what you need. Uh, it's almost more or less just a, a, a suspension fix uh, for a saggy suspension uh, and gets you, gets you up to where the vehicle probably should have been from, from the factory. But... Uh, uh, but no, it's uh, everybody ends up, you know, stepping in from two inch goes up to uh, to a four inch or even even beyond that. So yeah, no, I can see it happening, man. Yeah, I you know I I kind of in the same boat. I, I started off with a with a three inch lift and it, it wasn't enough, and I'm sitting about six inches, uh, five and a half six inches over stock, and uh, and I'm I'm even going to be going up from there to, uh, to do some thirty sevens here in the near future. So uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. What about Jared? Jared, is there a mod on your Jeep? that uh, you wish you wouldn't have done or maybe done differently? Yeah, so I think I'm going to go a tiny bit of a different direction here. I had a TJ, and I, as my family started to grow, I made the decision that, oh, we needed to get a different vehicle that was a little bit bigger. And when I was looking at JKs, it was just felt like it was a little out of my price range. So I made a terrible mistake and bought a other vehicle that rhymes with Toyota Land Cruiser. And, uh, <laughs> it has been a money pit ever since. In fact, at the top of the show, before everything started, I was, I just joined in the call and I was, I'm leaking antifreeze all over my driveway and I was cranking on it. And Tony's like, what's that cheese grater? <laughs> and as I think about the amount of, and so since then I, I still have that vehicle that rhymes with Toyota Land Cruiser. Um, I, but I bought a JK and have been using it for the last two and a half years. And every time I think about how much money I've spent on that stupid thing and how many awesome mods I could have put into my JK, it just makes me sick. Oh, I bet. I bet. Now, you know, you know, Toyota's supposed to be a good brand, right? You know, they say they've got 300,000 mile engines and all that good rot. Uh, yeah. No, not so much. <laughs> There's definitely yeah, some lemons they, out there. There's definitely some uh, some bad some bad vehicles out there. And boy, Jared, sounds like you got one. Oh, no doubt. Well, that's one of those things where, uh, yeah, clearly a lot more expensive than a uh, twenty dollars fan shroud, uh, and uh, and some you're going to regret for a little while, at least until that's all paid up, at least. But uh, but what about you, Wendy? Wendy, is there is there a, a mod that uh, you and Bill have done to the the Jeep that you wish you could go back and undo or do differently? I think it started with buying the Jeep in the first place. Oh, no. <laughs> just kidding. Don't no, say I'm that. Kidding. I'm just kidding. 
Um, actually, I, I think there's really nothing that we've done that we aren't happy with or that isn't a step in the forward direction of uh-huh, getting more stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for me, it would be just not having done it sooner, just getting into jeeping, not really realizing it was there and available. And I wished I had done it a lot many years earlier. So that'd here, be about here. it. But Can yeah. we get that on a coffee mug? I mean, because that's <laughs> like one of those. I mean, seriously, I think everybody wishes that they could have gotten into the sport a little bit sooner. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's a good one. That's a good one right there. Tony, what about you? Is there, is there something on your Jeep? And I know that uh, pretty much all of your mods have been very well thought out, uh, mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes sat on for, for many months before installed. Uh, is, is, is there anything <laughs> that you, uh, do you wish, <laughs> anything that you wish you, you wouldn't have done to your Jeep or done differently at least? You know, I was uh, trying to think of something, uh, so I'd have an answer for you and I really couldn't come up with anything that was there was times that I wished that uh, there was uh, some stuff that maybe you were uh, a little bit better quality, got sooner, so on and so forth. But it wasn't until uh, I believe it was Greg that mentioned the uh, the Z, 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 ZJ clutch fan. What a worthless piece of crap that was! Uh, I put one of those on my uh, my XJ to try to solve the uh, running hot on the highway issue, and yeah, of course, yeah. the that has nothing to do with running hot on the highway. Because it's it's great if you're going to try to do something uh, at idle or crawling or whatever speed, you're, yeah. you're trying to get a lot of air through the uh, through the radiator, and then it reminded me, and uh, this is going to be a, a universal groan. The groan that you hear going around the world right now is uh, people listening to this podcast, and I'm talking about the overheating issue on the highway with my Cherokee, because mm-hmm. I've purchased three or four different radiators. I've purchased, like I mentioned, the ZJ Clutch uh, fan to go on my uh, XJ. I uh, purchased, and I forget the brand name right now, which is probably good, a high-flow thermostat, high-flow thermostat housing, a high-flow water pump. (laughs) I even replaced the engine, thinking there may be a problem with the motor, and it still had the same overheating issue on the highway. So all those things and the literal probably fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars worth of Goodness. stuff, and not to mention the time of swapping oh, it all yeah. out, um, simply because the damn Jeep would run really hot on the highway. That is just the biggest pain in the ass that I've had uh, for uh, ever since I lifted it. So. There you go. That's what I got. Well, everybody's got one, and uh, and I'm sure you out there listening, you're you're screaming into the into the device as we speak, and it's like, no, it's it's this thing that I never wish I would have done. Well, if you want to call in and uh, and share with oh, your, your uh, share with us your you know your one thing, you could be part of this uh, podcast even after the fact. We'd love to hear what you have to say with this topic, uh, and of course, any topic uh, that we're doing. Well, we'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Just uh, give us a call. Um, go to our website. You know, we've got a number of ways you can leave us a voicemail um, or even a, just a, an email to and uh, and write to us and let us know uh, what mod you wish you would not have done. Now, uh, we're doing this each and every week. We uh, encourage uh, as many of our listeners to join in on the Campfire Side Chat. We love having you guys with us. Uh, and if you want to join in and, and do this uh, each, like, each week, uh, you can. Uh, just uh, make sure that you are subscribed to us. Make sure that you are hooked up with us on social media. Uh, we send out the links and the reminders and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, of course, the newsletter as well would be another great way to uh, to get that information as well. Make sure that you are signed up for that. 
until next week, we will have another topic that we'll be doing next week. Tony, should I should I tease it now or should we uh, wait for the newsletter? Uh, let's wait for the newsletter. All right. Well, nah, I can't tell take our- let them let them think about it. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Oh, that's all right. Well, we're gonna be talking about CB antennas next week. We're gonna have a little discussion about that and uh, and kind of go around the campfire and and see what uh, other people are running and and why uh, a little bit and and kind of uh, peel back the layers on that somewhat. Um, so for next week, uh, you can look forward to that. Uh, make sure you, if you want to join in on the campfire site chat that you go to jeeptalkshow.com/contact and find out all the other ways that you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Can't thank our listeners enough and thank my other co-hosts enough for uh, this week's topic and chiming in on that. And don't forget to go to jeeptalkshow.com to see the latest from events, uh, events from around the nation and in your hometown. That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure that you have the Jeep Talk Show app installed on all of your devices. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Warning, the Jeep Talk Show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or a loved one have taken anything we have said seriously or to heart or have used anything mentioned here on the show in an argument that was lost, it's not like you weren't warned. Podcasting since 2010.